Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today we're going to be exploring the meaning of 666. That's right, we're looking at the mark of the beast and breaking down what it actually meant, what it meant in ancient times, and what it might mean in future times. 666, mark of the beast. Let's get a little revelation. back in the studio with you guys. Uh, I love this topic. I think a lot of our listeners have asked us to produce this. Absolutely. A fascinating topic. So much to learn with numbers, scripture, revelation. Um, it's going to be a good episode. It is. And, you know, when you think of the book of Revelation, Apocalypse, it's it's one of the books of the Bible that is clearly misunderstood, Absolutely. misappropriated, misused throughout the history of the world. Over the past 2,000 years, people have marketed, you know, capitalized. sentiments and capitalized yeah. on this book of the Bible. And I think this is going to be a very valuable episode to really look yeah. at 666 as a as a central topic, mm-hmm. as mark of the beast is, you know, like when you when the numbers come up in your face and or it's like a phone number that you could you imagine yeah. getting the number like 386-666, you know, Four, three, six, six. If, if like you're in a grocery store and you buy some stuff in the total six dollars sixty six cents, gum. Buy Absolutely, else. you buy something else. Literally, I was at I was at my buddy's uh, dealership. Shout out to uh, Flagler Chrysler Dodge in, in Flagler County, and I was this close to buying a truck. Numbers looked great, you know, financially, and I'm like, let's pull it up. And then I heard the guy say, "Hey, Jim, what's the stock number on that?" And he says, 3566. Six. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, I don't want the truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think Christians forever have been avoiding this number, and there's a lot of fear around this number because it's really, really misunderstood. Um, but it is, it, it signifies something sinister, something evil, something that we should avoid. But I think if you have a deeper understanding, both of why it's written, what it means, the context of the book of Revelation, you'll you'll have a better, you'll be better equipped to avoid this mark of the beast and how it can uh, impact you spiritually. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get started, I just want to take a moment and just encourage our readers, you know, and, and we, we shouldn't be entering into fantasical or emotional responses to scripture without proper academic research. And Sacropagina is a great biblical resource when it gives you a really good commentary and very strict and conservative in its treatment of scripture, uh, gives you a wonderful, you know, historical critical view of scripture. They're in, they're on every single book of the Bible. Um, so we're going to be using a little bit of that today. Um, but there's so many other resources out there that you could use in our rich Catholic tradition of really uncovering what the book of Revelation means. But this is just one that we're going to use among other resources that we have online. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that book. I'll put a link to that. But why don't you tell everyone before we get started how they can follow us and learn more. Go to catholictalkshow.com. There you'll see every way that you could listen in or view our content. We are on all of the podcast forums from iTunes to Spotify, Google Play, even Podbean. And, you know, we're also on YouTube. So if you're viewing us right now on YouTube, make sure that you click that subscribe button. Click that little bell every time that we shoot a show. It'll produce in your feed, and you won't miss any of the rich content that we produce here at the Catholic Talk Show. You know, a little funny fact about liking, you know, our posts or whatever on social media You'll see one of our posts or one of our videos get 665 likes, 
and I know darn well that it's going to stall out there because no one wants to be the 666th person to like one of our videos. And I, you'll always see just like a little like, oh, wow, and no one's like this in a while because no one wants to be the person to volunteer to be the beast, right? So we want a flood of thumbs up. So yeah. make sure that you're hitting a thumbs up. It helps us with the algorithm and pushes the show out to more people. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to share the show. Spread the good news of what we're trying to do. And we are creating a solidarity and a fellowship with all of our friends online, especially our patrons. Without you, without your financial support, we would not be able to produce this show. So if you're considering becoming a financial supporter of the Catholic Talk Show, go to catholictalkshow.edu. Oh my God. .edu. .edu. That, maybe this is you, prophetic. You, you need a .edu. <laughs> CatholicTalkShow.com forward slash Patreon. There, there you'll is. see every tier and awesome gear that we send to your way just to say thank you for your support. Wow, we run a tight ship around here. We are yeah, professionals. Yeah. You are no yes. Mike Schmitz. Mike Schmitz would not say .edu. No. No. Okay. No. Let's get into this episode. We yes. The number of the beast is one of the most misunderstood, and it is used so often by people who are trying to sell a book or trying to get something sensationalized. You see so often, like, oh, this president or this person or this or that, that's the mark of the beast. The number's hiding in there. The number's hiding, yeah. It's always this Gnostic knowledge, like, I've discovered God's secret code, and I've learned that it's the government's going to be putting microchips and vaccines and shooting them into us, and that's the mark of the beast. And then you're going to have to have a microchip to be able to buy anything, and all of us Christians <laughs> are going to starve. But there's going to be 144,000 of us who live because we're not going to fall for it. Let's get in our pickup trucks, and it's awesome, right? That's You hear that so often. Now, that's such a uncritical view of Scripture. It's so myopic. It's so focused on the person being, again, Gnostic, that they've yeah. uncovered the secret meaning. Oh. But... Where does the mark of the beast come from? So it comes from Revelations 13, 18. And it says, wisdom is needed here, which they should probably read that part a couple more times, right? (laughs) Underline that, put that in bold. Wisdom is needed here. One who understands can calculate the number of the beast. One who understands. Again, take heed to that, you know, conspiracy theorist. You're missing half the verse and cherry picking. For it is a number that stands for a person. His number is 666. So this comes from Revelations 13, 18. Now, why would they say you need understanding? Why do you need wisdom? Well, in Jewish times back then, there was a system called gematria, okay? And it was a lot of times a way to use code. So if you know anything about Roman numerals, right? Roman numerals are the same letters, but they also signify numbers, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, V is... V, but it's also five. five. C, mm-hmm. M, Gematria X. is like in reverse of that, right? It's no, like it's numbers, almost the same thing. It's numbers reflecting letters, right? Not right. So it's like a, it's like using numbers and and letters in kind of a um, numerology. Yeah, right. It's kind of like a, a sacred Jewish numerology. Yeah. So number one, he's right here saying, "Hey, in case some Roman picks this up." It's a code. You're not going to be able to understand who he's talking about because you're Roman. You don't have that wisdom or that knowledge. But if you were Jewish, the intended audience or Christian, you understood, okay, hey, I get what you're saying here. You're putting down the number. I know how to read this. I know how to break this code. Mm -hmm. The Romans won't. You will. So that's why they're using a number to identify a person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
No, it's and and it's and it's not just you know the numbers associated with you know identifying this particular person. There's other numbers that identify other particular persons throughout this historical period of time as well. And it could be related to someone that you're in love with. I mean, it's down to the very basis of of this practice, uh, you know, of what is it, geomet- ge- gematria. 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 Yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff if you look into it. Mm-hmm. So they're using, you know, alath, bed, gimel, dalath, he. Like they're using all these letters to assign a um, a value to it. Now, here's something interesting about this. So in most translations, it says 666, right? In the oldest existing copy of the book of Revelations, it's uh, called Papyrus 115 from the year, from the early third century. It's the oldest existing copy. In that, they actually use 616 as the mark of the beast. So 616 would have been um, chi iota stigma, right, in Greek. But in 666 would be chi... Z stigma, right? So there's a little bit of a mistranslation, right? So is it 616 or is it 666? Mm-hmm. Um, now, almost every Bible renders it as 666, but that's just an interesting thing. Now, how do you start using these numbers to figure out who John the Revelator was talking about? You know, We're going to learn Gematria. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. well, we're, we're going to have a very brief course on it. So, so the question that's begging right now is who is the beast? that is referenced 666 mm-hmm. in this particular verse. And What's in, the context of 666? Because we only read that. What's the yeah. larger context? And the larger the, context is with respect to the beast. Mm-hmm. So you know, in Revelation. Yeah, and in, in the book of Revelation is, is there's two beasts, really. So there's a beast of the sea and there's the beast of the earth. Mm-hmm. And as it relates to this particular verse, it's the beast of the sea that's referenced as 666. Mm-hmm. So all of that comes out from this this uh, section of Revelation as we're reading, is given authority and power by the dragon. The first beast is initially mentioned in Revelation 11.7 as coming out of the abyss. His appearance is described in detail, and some of the mystery behind his appearance is revealed in Revelation 17, 7 through 18. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as as we we have to realize that there's two beasts that are talked about in relationship to the book of Revelation. And I think there'll be, a, you know, a little bit of a surprise as, as we uh, develop the sense of what 666 means, 616 as well, and who who that person is, and then the deeper meaning of... Of of what the behaviors of the person six 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 you know, is how that's lived out even in today's modern times. Mm-hmm. You know that's right. A, lo- a lot of people misunderstand that there's not just one beast, and that six 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 does not relate to the devil per se. It relates to the beast, and it's all like and movies that there's more than stuff. one beast. There's more than one beast, but it's like movies do that to us, right. don't it? Like yeah. I mean, like all these different horror flicks. Have yeah, like, it's like oh, here's this little kid with six 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 on his skull, and that's you know that's the it's anthem. the devil. It's the mark of the devil. No, what they're saying is. What, what scripture's saying here is that the dragon, right, that is identified as Satan. Yeah. The beast that comes out of the sea is 666, okay? And the beast from the sea is given its power by, by the, the dragon. dragon. So this, uh, this beast is cooperating with Satan, that's but right. is not Satan. So I think that's a good understanding that, and there's also more than one beast. And he's given power, right. which is important. So here's how, this, how Revelation describes the beast. Then I saw a beast come out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads. 
On its horns were ten diadems, and on its heads blasphemous names. The beast I saw was like a leopard, but it had feet like a bear's, and its mouth was like the mouth of a lion. To it, the dragon gave its own power and throne, along with great authority. Right there. Uh, I saw that one of its heads seemed to have been mortally wounded, but this mortal wound was healed. Fascinated, the whole world followed after the beast. They worshipped the dragon because it gave its authority to the beast, but they also worshipped the beast and said, who can compare with the beast or who can fight against it? Mm. Okay. Now we're starting to get into some description of it, right? We know what the beast is and its number, but that verse right there is very telling of what they're trying to describe, mm. okay? Seven heads. The seventh head is injured. What else at this time had it had seven heads and had been violently oppressing and killing Christians? Who was the greatest enemy of Christians at this time? Hmm. Nero. Nero. The Romans. Mm-hmm. The Romans. There had been seven emperors. They had seven emperors? Up to this point. And oh, Nero wow. died, right? And there was a great fear that Nero, who was the greatest persecutor of the Christians up in that time, he had died, and they were afraid that he's going to come back to life and start... That was a common... That was a common fear, a myth that like, oh, Nero's dead, but he's going to come back and he's going to be even worse than before. Mm. So most biblical scholars will say that 666 means... Nero. There you go. And I think this is a great opportunity to kind of crack open this book and and get a a greater sense of uh, this kind of gematria as it relates to 666. So... It's pretty interesting. There's a Pompeii graffito that reads, quote, I love her whose number is 545. So this goes back to what I was saying before. The girl and her friends would recognize the name. So they would know by the numbers. So they're using all these like hidden codes and hidden stuff. Hidden codes. Yeah. And it's stuff that we did as kids too, you yeah. know, like the different numerical Eight, six, things. Seven, every- five, three, oh, nine. <laughs> it's the number of the human being literally is the number of a man as it relates to the literal translation of the scripture in question, verse 18, um, it is reasonable to believe that the emperor Nero, much in mind throughout Revelation, it is scarcely coincidental that the Greek Neron Caesar, translated into Hebrew script, gives 666. It is also noteworthy that from the Latin Nero Caesar in Hebrew script gives 616 which occurs as a variant reading. So as, as she was saying before, so in either respect, it's still representing huh. the person of Nero and, and important to realize who Nero is in relationship to the oppression to the Christians. One may not rule out a generic significance in the number 666. If seven is the perfect number, then six is the penultimate incomplete number. Being emphatically negative. In contrast, Jesus gives 888, which I like a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of the eighth day um, and the resurrection. But really, really interesting that um, the book of Revelation and being a, uh, a letter that was passed around to rally the spirit of Christians and this and the, this testimony that obviously captured the imagination and the hearts of the people that it served in its time would muster courage in the face of Nero's tactics, which are the most barbaric and uh, violent martyrdoms mm-hmm. uh, that we have in the history of the church mm-hmm. in many due respects. And his, his name, using Gematria, Kaiser Neron, 
adds up to six six six. I mean, it's I and think in another language it's six one six. Right. Yeah. So so they're so know, it kind of so makes it's both sense. covered. Yeah. Well, you I know, mean, either, either respect. So, so you there's could, no mysterious figure here. No, there's not really. I think it's pretty clear that six 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 is referring to Nero in the Roman Empire. Now, and Nero was born out of the you know like literally out of the water near the caves of of Nero in Anzio, Italy, which is just outside of Mentuno and uh, close to Rome, like a, a very short distance away from Rome. Um, so it's just, it's And it's when the Romans were coming over on boats, I mean, yeah. they're the beast from way out in the mm-hmm. Mediterranean. They're coming out and taking over the whole world. And no one can trade without the mark of the beast. Well, the mark of the beast is the Roman emperor's face on these coins. Yeah. You can't trade without subjugation to Rome because all the world's for mm-hmm. currency is that. Now, Nero wasn't the seventh emperor, okay? Nero was the fifth emperor. But what year did the temple get destroyed? 70 AD. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you had a lot of emperors then, you know, beasts with seven heads and all these diadems. Um, but I, not counting the year of the f- four emperors, I think it was, where they, there was kind of like a coup in the, the 60s AD, you would have been right around your seventh emperor when the temple was destroyed. So you have these seven emperors from over the sea taking over the world, killing all the Christians. You can't trade without it, right? That's more or less... I think what John was relate was trying to relate, like, look, yeah. guys, we're getting... Pr- and John was being, at the time, he was on Padmos, exiled mm-hmm. from, by the Romans. So, I mean, it, this, the whole concept that 666 is Barack Obama or George Bush or, mm-hmm. or whoever you do, or mm-hmm. Ronald Wilson Reagan, six letters each, you know, everyone, mm-hmm. they all, you're always trying to get this Gnostic knowledge and like, I found it out, but... It's not. They were talking about the Roman persecution and how they were killing the saints of God. Yeah. There's no mm. mystery here. It's just a, a factual thing. Mm-hmm. I would say so. I think whatever else that you get, you know, is just conspiracy theories. It's people mm-hmm. liking to talk, yeah. you know? I mean, how that. often have you heard the whole microchip by the government or they're going to put a barcode on our foreheads and otherwise we can't buy anything? Like... It's always something, whether it's Y two K, whether right. it's you know, there's always something, and and there's a there's a great book that I'm trying to recall the name of, but it's it's basically like the myth of Revelation, mm-hmm. and and the myths that have developed are circling circling the uh, you know um, th- this incredible tool that ultimately was you know a rally tool to uh, to inspire the Christians to not be afraid of the beast, right. Now, yeah. there, there's, there's some mystical elements to Revelation that are still yet to come. Um, I think Scott Hahn did a really good book on Revelations, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure he did. Um, that's he, fa- he actually came to the Catholic faith through, through Revelation book, because right. he saw the Mass. Yeah, right. The, the Lamb's Supper. Feast of, the Feast of the Lamb. The Lamb's Supper, Supper that's what which is right. phenomenal. It's, yeah. it, it's the first book mm-hmm. that I ever read as a Catholic mm-hmm. uh, when I had my conversion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, 616666. Almost for sure. Now it might have future meaning. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the mark of the beast. This is almost for sure a reference to the Roman Empire. Now, Father Rich, mm-hmm. you have a lot of people. I'm sure say, "Hey, you know, I'm afraid of the devil. I'm afraid of this mark of the beast." Do you know how to tell them what they're actually afraid of? Do you know what that phobia is actually called? Uh, Numerophobia? No, no, no. The actual one. Let me send it to you so you can look it up. Here we go. Hold on. 
I want you to pronounce this word, and then you're going to pronounce it. And I'm oh, going to pronounce this is it. the pho- this is the phobia. This is the, the actual name of the phobia of six six six. So we're all going to try to pronounce longest. it. We're all going to try to pronounce it. So who's going to start? Me first. You go first. Let, no, let Delacross go first. Oh man, can, come on. Can you even? I don't even. You can see with your crusty eyes. <laughs> there you go. Try to pronounce that. Oh, crusty eyes, Delacross. Hexa- Get in your microphone. Conta All right. That's pretty good. That's not bad. That's not bad. I didn't even look at the uh, pronunciation. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not looking at it either. Okay. Um, Hexacosio hexaconta hexaphobia. All right, let's hear you. That's not bad. Hexa... Hexa... Oh, so you want me to read out of that yeah, one? Yeah, just try to guess. Don't okay. read the pronunciation. Hexacosi hexaconta hexaphobia. That's definitely the worst one out of all. <laughs> all right, Come on, man. Right, now we've got the, the actual pronunciation. Let me let's play this. Hexacosio hexaconta hexaphobia. That's exactly what I said. Oh, come on. I don't think so. Hexacosioi hexaconda hexaphobia. All right, Kyle, edit this and put my words back <laughs> right now. Hexacosi hexaconta. To hexaphobia. That's definitely the worst one. <laughs> Hexacosia, hexaconta, hexaphobia. That is the the phobia of the number six six six. Whoever made Hexa, that word needs Hexa. to be smacked in the well, face. Well, it's just the Greek. So hexa Hexacosi. six. So it's that's Hexacosia. just how you say six six six, and Hexacosia. then add phobia yeah. in Greek. Oh, hexaphobia. Yeah. So it's a Greek person. Yeah, that's real easy. That's real easy. I don't know how much Greek they taught you in the seminary. <laughs> Now, 666 is also what's known as a triangular number. So in mathematics, it's actually kind of a, a weird number with a lot of weird occurrences around it, okay? Hmm. Um, 666 is the sum of the first 36 natural numbers. So if you go 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5 plus 6, add it all together up to 36 wow. equals 666. It's, um, it's also... This is pretty... But that has no real meaning in... Well, I know, but it's it's still just fascinating. The, it's the mathematical, you know... Which, what else has 36 letters? It goes 1 through 36, a roulette wheel. If you measure all the letters, or all the, all the numbers on a roulette wheel, it equals 666. In China, the number is considered to be lucky, and oh. is often displayed in shop windows and neon signs. What? In China, 666 can mean everything goes smoothly. No thanks. Gog and Magog. <laughs> the sum of the squares of the first seven prime numbers equals 666. Ah. That's pretty cool. The first 144 digits after the decimal point of pi equals 666. Wow. This was a winning lottery number in 1980 in Pennsylvania's lottery Pennsylvania. scandal. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. <laughs> What? Yeah, man. The equipment was tampered to favor of four or six as each of the three individual random digits. And the winning lottery number was 666, Ryan. Just three numbers for a Scandal. lottery tick? Scandal. 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 It's for the kids. <laughs> 666 is the sum of its digits and the cube of its digits together. What's a cube? To the third power. Oh. Here is a 666 float. In a Paris parade. <laughs> Look at that. That's nuts. Uh, <laughs> what are you being fun with numbers? 
I'm, I'm literally reading these facts off of a site that says fun with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I don't know. I mean, do people really need to be afraid of 666? Just like the Christian shouldn't have been afraid of Nero. You know, it's funny. Wow. You know, it's funny. Nero, this whole thing with, with Nero, um, the reason why they called the Colosseum the Colosseum was because of the colossal bronze statue of Nero that was outside. So the, 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 the bronze that was from this statue was eventually put onto the top of the Pantheon. Hmm. This was not controlled by the Catholic Church. It was, uh, I, I think the Romans were... A pagan place of worship. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But it was essentially where the emperor would walk in on a particular day and the sun would shine through. That's right. And it was like the emperor was God, right. essentially. So so this bronze was melted down. It was put on top of the Pantheon for hundreds of years. Uh, the church eventually uh, gained control of it, I think, in the 1400s or something well, like that. Well, the Pantheon became a Catholic church. Right. Yeah. It, well, they... they had control of it, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. They had control of the facility. And and so as they were building St. Peter's, they needed bronze for the Baldacchina. And so they took the bronze from the top of the Pantheon, melted it down, and then formed the bronze in the Baldacchina. That's awesome. And so that's the, such an F you to Nero. The 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 the, awesome. the bronze from the statue of Nero now is where God himself yep. comes down. Melted down. Melted down and built back up and mm. is now the bronze that's on the Where's your kingdom now, Nero? So you you think of the sun shining down on this huge bronze statue outside of the Colosseum, then melted down and put on the roof of the opening of the Pantheon, shining down so that the purpose of all of this is that worship would be directed and, and the emperors and the money and the architects that created these structures to focus worship on these emperors, you know, is then melted down to focus our worship on the living Christ who comes to us liturgically in Eucharist. What a beautiful, beautiful, inspiring tie-in to that. That's and the thing is, is like the suffering, this just senseless, torturous suffering of so many children and and people and popes and bishops and priests and in those 300 years before it was made legal like just the reward that yeah. that that signifies yeah. you know it's built from all this sacrifice here's what i love you know? about that your story there saint peter this nobody old guy galilean fisherman traveling to rome i mean it's like who cares? You know, the Roman emperor, I'm God, I don't care about some fishermen from our hillbilly right. little province. I don't care. St. Peter was killed under the persecution of Nero in Nero's circus. Circus, yeah. Right. And then ultimately, Peter's grave is decorated with the melted down statue of Nero. Just my how the turns have yeah. tabled. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean... It's just such justice. And I, I remember reading some Pope saying that upon his, um, you know, he, we went on uh, onto the um, the porch over mm -hmm. St. Peter's when he was um, elected Pope, and he looks out and he sees Rome, and it just struck him how this, you know, ragtag group of nobodies took down the greatest emperor and empire the world had ever known and now is in the same seat there in just such a different way. It's just it's just a really cool historical and, and spiritual 
confluence. And when you look out over the hills from the Vatican's perspective over all of Rome and to see ancient Rome and the, in the distance, you know, like the privileged location of this yeah. hill overlooking the world, the eternal city. It's like that perspective that was established in the name of Christ on top of the rock, Peter, yeah. in the world. I mean, it's a, it's an outpost. I mean, it's something. There's something to be said from from those grounds. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple other interesting things. Um, the number seven, right? That's kind of always given God's number, right? Mm-hmm. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah. So that was six, six. It's perfection. Pythagoras, right? You've all heard of the Pythagorean that, theorem, mm-hmm. right? Greek mathematician, he wrote, and this is probably common knowledge at the time, that seven was the perfect number. And to the Greeks, seven signified, because it was the sum of four, which is the number of the physical, and three, which is the number of the spiritual, right? And you have your trinity, then you have four as the physical. The physical and the spiritual together is perfection in seven. Jesus Christ, God and man. So a, a pretty interesting kind of number thing. Now, a lot of Protestants will say 666 is the number of the Pope because on the Pope's crown, all the blasphemies on the diadem and it matches up with this. And they say, well, the Pope has Vicarious Filii Dei, Vicar of the Son of God, written on his crown. Okay, number one. That's not written on his crown. It's not written on his crown. The Pope (laughs) does not wear a tiara anymore. They should. Another episode. But there was never anything written on the papal tiara that said Vicarious Filii Dei. Number two, Vicarious Filii Dei was never, ever a title of the Pope in any single document in all of history. Wow. Total fabrication of Protestants mm. up to their no-good Protestant tricks. Mm-hmm. Not you a see so many videos online, especially YouTube, yeah. with that stuff on it. I get, I get videos from people like that all the time. Like, what do you think about this? Yeah. yeah. Totally false. That, like that's boring. what I think Boring. Now, here's another really interesting fact. So if you take all the money in your pocket, okay, and you take it in your hand, and you throw it over your shoulder, now you have nothing in your hands. <laughs> what can you buy, right? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Wrong. You can get the number one Catholic app, Hollow, for free. <laughs> because you don't need money because it's free for the listeners of the Catholic Talk Show. Wow, you just that, blew my mind. That <laughs> totally... What a phenomenal! That yeah, yeah, that was okay. Great pitch, and great pitch, almost <laughs> as good as the app itself. Tell us about Hollow. <laughs> Go to CatholicTalkShow.com forward slash Hollow and download the app today. It's the number one Catholic app in the App Store. Incredible tradition of Catholic prayer and meditation. They've got Lexio Divina to Bible in the Year with Father Mike Schmitz. Stories with Father Father Jonathan Rumi, but Jonathan Rumi, not Father Jonathan Rumi, not, not yeah. Father Jonathan Rumi, but Jonathan Rumi who plays Jesus and the Chosen. And you know he, I mean, what an incredible voice he has mm-hmm. and very soothing. We've had him on the show before. Yeah, and you know, just an excellent, excellent resource for every Catholic out there. So if you haven't yet checked out Hallow, check it out today. All right. Awesome. All right, thank you for the pitch for Hollow. Shout out Hollow. Thank you so much yeah. for sponsoring our show. And our, our fans, really, I mean, we have so many people commenting saying they love Hollow. They use yeah. it every day. They're really grateful that, you know, they don't get anything out of us because we're idiots. Yeah. But they got something <laughs> out of the show because they learned about Hollow. Yeah. You know, but we have another sponsor, don't we? We do. In fact, I learned so much about numbers at Ave Maria University, my alma mater, and we were so grateful for their sponsorship of the show. I took a class in the philosophy of number with Dr. Marsali, and it blew my mind because we were translating 
Babylonian numbers, Egyptian numbers, and we learn just the basically the philosophical foundation of the develop, development of mathematics. And it's stuck with me still to this day. And so many of the other classes that I took, it's an outstanding liberal arts education. We have over 40 undergrad degrees, master's programs, all the way up to a PhD. The culture in the community is amazing. We have perpetual adoration. The number one club in the university is the pro-life club. The number two club, a bowling club. We've got like intramurals. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's it's incredible. The life of, of the community at the university and the town there's just so much kindness and hospitality, and people are truly trying to live out the gospel values. You know, so many people think about Catholic colleges, and they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm happy to send my kids there, or I'd like to go to a Catholic college because it's a nice—it it, it mirrors my values. But I think a lot of times they feel they're making a concession, like, I'll go to a Catholic college, I might not get the best education, but I'd rather emphasize my faith than my vocation. You don't have to make that compromise at Ave Maria because it is a amazing— educational um, opportunity. It's a great place to go and learn and study. They have so many majors and not just like you can go there and learn how to be a youth minister. I mean, you can go there and learn nursing, philosophy, mathematics, law, business, biology. I mean, it's a real weighty educational university, Mm -hmm. but it's founded in Catholic principles. Mm -hmm. And it's a place where they help you find your vocation. And your vocation is not just the career you have, it's your calling by God. Vocation doesn't mean you have to be a priest or a nun. It means you are becoming what God intends you to be. And at Ave Maria, you can find that. So go to AveMaria.edu now to learn more. So if you or someone you love is looking for a university, Ave Maria is for you. Mm -hmm. Go Jirenes. Amen. Amen. Now, one last thing I want to talk about. There's only one Bible verse that is actually chapter 6, verse 6. There's only one 666 Bible verse in the Bible, and it comes from the, the Bread book, of Life Discourse. Bread Wait, of Life so Discourse. there's only one chapter 6? No, there's a lot of chapter 6, no, but there's but no like chapter verse 6, 66. verse 66. So, oh, verse, uh, yeah, chapter yeah. 6, verse 66. So John 666. Yep, John 666 yeah. so fitting in the, in the Bread of Life Discourse when, when Jesus expressed, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man... It's when everybody left. Yeah. Yeah. And the I mean, how t- fitting. The Bible verse 666, John 666 is people rejecting the Eucharist. Yeah. Some- I mean, yeah. And the thing is, is like some of the sad uh, things in our church today is that people don't know what they're eating in the Catholic church. And that's yeah. pretty, pretty sad. That's right. Yep. So it's the true presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist that truly bonds us as one. And this show has certainly been something that has bonded us to you. So to all of our followers out there, those who are listening in or viewing our content, we so appreciate the community that you have helped us to build online. So next week, we look forward to seeing you again because there's great content coming to you from the Catholic Talk Show. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Mm